today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Hamilton's Emergency Operations Center Director uh, is taking a new job with the City of Toronto. He's a, a man that you've heard on this program many, many times. Paul Johnson uh, is the Director of Emergency Center. And, of course, uh, with this pandemic, as long as it has gone on, Paul has, has been one of the strong voices of that. He is also, as we mentioned on the program just a little while ago, uh, named as the 2021 Citizen of the Year. That's an honor he shared with uh, Dr. Elizabeth Richardson. They were co-winners of that for the great work that they've done. And uh, he's uh, moving on, as uh, the old Hank Snow song says. Uh, Paul Johnson joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Paul, back to the program. It's great to have you here. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations. Well, thank you very much, Bill. It's great to be with you, and I uh, and, uh, appreciate those kind words. Well, uh, I'll just one line here. The, I got the uh, press release from the City of Toronto and announcing that you are going to be heading over there. And uh, it says, I am confident that Paul's work and volunteer experience in the community and social services sector will be invaluable to the city creating efficiencies, increasing oversight, effective budgeting, inspiring his teams. I know we have an experienced leader. That from City Manager Chris Murray uh, from the City of Toronto, uh, who knows all about your work ethic because he used to be the City Manager here in the City of Hamilton. I guess it's kind of nice to know that when you go over there, there's, at least there's going to be one friendly face that you know. Yeah, it is uh, for sure, and, and certainly Chris and I worked uh, uh, quite a bit together here at Hamilton doing some, some interesting things. So it'll be great to, uh, to, to work with him and the senior leadership, uh, which is a great team in Toronto. Uh, and we know some of them, and not the first time this has happened, of course. Chris Murray, the former city manager here. Uh, Rob Rossini, who was the budget chief and uh, finance uh, wizard here for many, many years, went to Toronto as well. So uh, I, I guess when they really need help in Toronto, they know where to go, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we can look at it that way. Hamilton is doing a, a great job of, of preparing people for these great, you know, exciting opportunities, and and that's really what this is all about. It's it's tough to leave, uh, you know, the people and the things that we've been doing here in Hamilton. But uh, every once in a while, Bill, you look at things and go, this is a this is an experience and an opportunity you just can't pass up, and that's the that's why I'm so excited to be taking on this new work. Well, I mean, you know, in, in interest of full disclosure, Paul and I have been friends for a long time, even going back to my days on city council. And and Paul was uh, was managing Wesley Urban Ministries, uh, which in, had its own challenges, and you did a wonderful job there. And, of course, you, you moved over to the city. Uh, just going over the track record, I know you know this, but I just want to remind our listeners, uh, in, in part, and this is not your whole body of work for the city of Hamilton, uh, but uh, you were, first of all, put in charge of, of social service houses, and that was then, of course, when the stadium debate, with the Commonwealth Stadium debate came up, uh, you were put in charge of the committee that was supposed to actually do something about the neighborhood in there, the stadium itself, and, and try to placate some of the concerns about the neighborhood. And you had a number of different meetings about that with those groups. So you, you had a number of panels on our station about that. Uh, and then you moved to the much less controversial LRT file uh, after that. <laughs> he says tongue-in-cheek. Uh, and handled that for the last little while. And, uh, and of course, you've moved on now to, to try to handle a pandemic. So it's, it's never been boring for you, Paul. No, the work at the city and the work in the community. I mean, when you work in a nonprofit organization, uh, life is always uh, interesting and and exciting and uh, and full of ups and downs. And and that was uh, the case at Wesley. And then at the city, I've been blessed. I've got to work on some really cool things. And you mentioned one of them that I'm really proud of. And I was brought on to uh, you know to help the city uh, create some new relationships with neighborhoods in our community and. And one of the signature uh, approaches we used uh, to, to test out some of this new work was in the, st the stadium precinct. And when I go there today, 
And I look at the fact that uh, it is a cluster of recreation. It is with the Bernie Morelli Recreation Center and, of course, Tim Hortons Field with lots of community use hours. When you look at the education that's there uh, where, where people can uh, have their children from junior kindergarten now right through so graduation from high school happening right in that precinct uh, with great education facilities and all the other things that are happening, a big new park plan for the old Dominion Glass site. Those are the things that, uh, you know, I remember well because I remember the meetings where people were making uh, choices together. And, of course, everybody wants everything. Let's have a four-pad arena and as well as an olympic size <laughs> pool and a this and a this. But then what we would say is, like, we're – you know, money is an object. I mean, we, we, we don't have endless resources. Space is a concern of what it is. And, and although, uh, and there were tough choices that had to be made along the way. And, and it's uh, great to see that community coming alive with those new facilities. So, uh, time at LRT was exciting. You know, we delivered a design and a, a plan for LRT that uh, was very sound and, and a team that I worked with just couldn't have been better. And, and then who would have expected we would have a worldwide pandemic that would go on for, 16 months and counting, and counting yeah. <laughs> which has again allowed me to see just how lucky we are in Hamilton that not only our city staff work well together, but we work well together with the community. And, uh, you know, those are all those types of memories that uh, I have of my time here in Hamilton. And, and then you look at the challenges that Toronto faces and uh, really excited to have a great team there to help move that forward. Well, as Chris Murray said in his statement in the press release there, uh, it's about leadership, and that's what it comes down to. And when, especially Westlake Urban Ministries, but even when you moved into these other files, because uh, I, I like to think I was sort of on the ground with that uh, that stadium precinct uh, file that you, you took. And it was it was a tough nut to crack because you had a lot of people that were saying, we don't want this, our neighborhood is ruined. And, and for those who don't know or maybe new to Hamilton, uh, it was a tired neighborhood. And, I mean, that stadium had been there since 1931. One, uh, the Jimmy Thompson swimming pool. These were built for the original, you know, British Empire games, and they were still there in some way, shape, or form. Uh, there was a, a closed-down high school in, on the property, uh, not very much green space, and their neighbors would say, "Well, what's in this for us?" And that neighborhood has been rejuvenated. And and you know, the, the common thing I heard, Paul, from the number of times I talked to people, and a guy named Dave Derbyshire, an old friend of mine, who I know was working with you very closely on a lot of that stuff, was a lot of the neighbors would say, "This is we've never had this before," where they actually listen to. Us. We can sit around the table and talk about ideas and exchange ideas. You, you created a, a bond and, and, a, and, a, and a relationship with that neighborhood, and that's that's really how you strengthen communities. Well, it is, and, and that's what made it so exciting for the staff as well, is that uh, we were getting you know good feedback from large numbers of people. I mean, our largest gathering in the stadium precinct meetings was over 200 people. Even our smallest was 75. Uh, you know, we were not getting, you know, sometimes you get the usual 10 or 12 people coming out. Uh, this was some broad engagement. And then, you know, outside the meetings, we were also walking the neighborhoods and talking to folks. And uh, those relationships were so critical. It took us a while to build them. They were strong and it meant in the good times, uh, you know, everybody was, was together and it was this joint celebration. But what those relationships also did, Bill, was it allowed us to have tougher conversations. And when we had to find uh, ways of, of managing issues, we would do that. And one of the ones that will always stick with me is, you know, the, the Saturday morning I needed to go down. I wanted to do it in person, sat down with Scott Park Baseball and said, there really isn't a way that we can accommodate baseball at Scott Park with the new school coming and the recreation center. There just isn't enough space. And we worked through options so that Scott Park Baseball could continue because of its impact on children's lives and the community and recreation. But, uh, you know, instead of that being 
kind of a huge, uh, you know, a, a point of conflict. We worked through it together. It was not the happier moments of uh, that stadium precinct redesign, but what we've had in, uh, come out of it uh, speaks to your point that when you have relationships, you can sort out things. When you don't have those relationships, it simply becomes a battle. Well, I, I, the LRT file, I, I know you touched on that a few minutes ago, too, and the, from the time that you actually took over that, uh, I, I, I was always amazed at the way you handled things. Because, I mean, that was the particular time in that project or the discussion of that project. I mean, you had more curveballs thrown at you than, than a major league batter, and, and, and you guys were able to, to, to hit the curveball and, and just keep the project going and keep it alive. Uh, and, and, of course, well, we'll see what happens in the result. But uh, I want to ask you about, about this latest job, of course, the Emergency Operations Center. As you mentioned, who knew there was a pandemic coming? Uh, you know, we just didn't understand that. We didn't understand the magnitude of it. Uh, and uh, you and Dr. Richardson and Mayor Eisenberger, of course, were the, the three main voices, uh, among others, as I know. There's always a team. But where do you begin? I mean, there's there's no playbook for how to handle something like that. That that, that is probably one of the most daunting challenges, not just you, but any official is going to fit to meet. Right, because there are elements of it that you do train for, and we're trained on emergency management. We receive, uh, you know, lots of updates, uh, you know, so we're ready to jump into emergencies. But what made this very, very different is that uh, it's its duration and its impact. There was not a piece of daily life. There's not a person that uh, live, works, plays, or learns in this community that wasn't impacted by this pandemic, and that makes this so different from anything else. Uh, you, you get emergencies from time to time in this city. Uh, one I use as an example, many people remember, is the ice storm a number of years ago mm-hmm. or the power failure uh, when the grid went down on the eastern seaboard. And, and you know, those are days events. They're tricky. They're, they're, they're stressful. There's anxiety. But they tend to be focused on here's the issue, here's the problem, here's the resources we need to fix it. But when you're sitting there and it's everything from, you know, uh, what we're closing and, and all of a sudden it's, you know, schools aren't, you know, doing in-person learning and businesses have to close down and how are we going to keep this going and realizing that you can't do everything at the local level. So what are we getting in terms of support from the provincial and federal governments? Those are the things that made this uh, an emergency like no other. And so you rely on your training a bit, but as, as you know, uh, that went out the window after we kind of realized this thing wasn't going to be over in a couple of weeks. <laughs> the, the extended March break in 2020 was not going to solve this thing. So uh, then all of a sudden it became, you know, how do we bring good information, the right people to the table so we could uh, make good decisions along the way. And, and what I will say is, you know, there'll be lots of time to at the end of this to look back and say, what could we have done differently or better? Uh, but what I'll say to Hamiltonians, which made me very proud, is I never felt that we were making a decision with no good information. Now, sometimes what we know now and what we knew then, I'm like, oh, I wish I knew then what I know now. Sure. But at those points along the way, we had good information coming in. We had smart people bringing that information to the table, and it allowed us to make the best decision in that moment. And that's emergency response. And people can say, well, how come you didn't know the masks were important? You know, you told us early on not to wear masks like, because that's what we had. <laughs> and then, you know, you, things change and evolve and you, you get better at it. But, um, you know, it's been an exhausting run. And for all of those who have been part of the response, uh, I, I just have the utmost respect for the work everybody's been doing. 
Well, it's a coordinated effort, obviously, between public health and so many other agencies that, that, that were involved in this, including uh, hospitals and so many others. A uh, couple of minutes left here. Challenges going forward. Uh, big city uh, is with big problems. Uh, a lot of the same problems you just talked about. Uh, Toronto got hit even a little bit harder than Hamilton did and London did uh, with their COVID numbers. Uh, they were a hot zone for the longest time. Uh, there, there, are, there are that that set of challenges. Uh, one of the other ones that you, you touched on briefly, and I know you and I talked about it extensively, uh, was were the encampments that have been set up because of the crisis, the pandemic crisis, and the homelessness crisis. Uh, that's a concern in Toronto as well. There are some very challenged neighborhoods. Uh, you've got a lot of work to do there. Oh, absolutely. And uh, all cities do. And Toronto, of course, uh, at 3 million people, uh, give or take, is is got that to, a, to an exponential amount. Uh, the reality is it is looking at those issues of inequity that have been uh, highlighted uh, even more so. We've known about them for years, but they were highlighted so much through the pandemic. And so what does an appropriate housing response look like? Not just for homelessness, although that's really critical, but making sure that uh, that we have the right kind of housing moving forward. And what about those folks that we've realized are in in jobs that need to be stronger and strengthened, that don't have the sustainability, that are more at risk from all sorts of things. In this case, it was for COVID-19, but are at risk in their neighborhoods. And that's where, uh, you know, the job in Toronto is, uh, is, is exciting because the portfolio includes economic development and culture, the open space work in parks. It includes the social programs that are so critically important, uh, like housing and children's services and income security. So to have that team working together to say, how do we make this city, Toronto, as livable as it can be? And I would add, more equitable than it has been uh, that's the challenge we have going forward and i know no easy solution to that it won't be a what's your 90-day plan to to do all of that successfully uh, it's going to take a while but um, you know hamilton will face those challenges toronto will face those challenges and the last thing i'll say is uh, that it's it's great that throughout the pandemic the greater toronto and hamilton area whether it's at the mayor level whether it's at the staff level leadership level have been talking because what happens across all of our areas impacts each other. Toronto will have its own unique situations, but um, you know we need to be connected as a region as well. And uh, so in that way, I, I expect I'll continue to uh, connect in and see uh, many colleagues as we uh, go through this work together. Well, and if there's one thing that that you've found and established, of course, with your time in Hamilton, it's about developing partnerships, uh, not just within the municipality, but other levels of government. I mean, that that's ongoing, and that's got to be an important part of this. And I know you're going to carry that forward uh, when you head down to Toronto uh, because of the work that needs to be done there. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, mixed emotions, of course, when we heard about this earlier today, uh, or yesterday, rather. Uh, you're keeping your Tiger Cat season tickets, I hope, though. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's one thing that was a deal breaker, and that is that, uh, yeah, I'm a Ticats fan, and that ain't going to change. I'll probably wear less of the paraphernalia around the office because uh, that might be a career-limiting move. But, uh, yeah, people will see me at uh, my usual location, uh, and I'm really looking forward to Labor Day and, and all the great work the CFL has done and the Ticats have done to get ready. And, and uh, that's uh, that's something I'll be near and dear, and I'll be commuting out of my, my home here in Hamilton. It's where I grew up. It's, it is my home. Uh, this is a 
great new uh, job and a great new career opportunity that I'm excited about. Um, but uh, yeah, some of those things will remain, Bill, for sure. And unfortunately for all of the coaches who uh, coach basketball, I will still get out and torment the coaches and players in this region uh, as a referee as well. So <laughs> I know that I know they were hoping I take those talents to Toronto exclusively as well. But, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to keep that here as well as the lead to. Well, that's great news. And once you know, you you can't take the Hamilton out of the boy. That's that's what it comes down to. Uh, congratulations again, Paul, and and the best of luck in in your future endeavors. It is a once in a lifetime opportunity uh, to, to to face some of these challenges, and I know you'll do a great job there. But uh, thanks for all the the great things you've done. You're not gone yet, so we'll probably talk again down the road before you you head down yeah, the road. But uh, yeah, well, we'll let you go now and get back to work. Okay, thanks for this today. That's great. Thank you, Bill. Paul Johnson, the Director of Emergency Centre for the City of Hamilton, will be moving on as the uh, uh, Deputy City Manager for the City of Toronto with a much greater portfolio. But a great guy, a big asset, and a great get for the City of Toronto. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.